Hi, welcome to the I Just Want to Chat podcast. I'm Mary, and today we are going to be doing our first Bachelorette Season 13 episode recap. We're going to be recapping Episode 1, and we're going to talk about how much I love Rachel, how much I'm looking forward to staring at Peter for the next 9 weeks, and how much I'm willing to give up in my life to never have to hear the words waboom ever, ever again. But I'm not willing to give up The Bachelor. Anyway, it's just me today, but it should still be a good one. Stay tuned. All right, so to start things off, I just want to say I know that like no one has been like waiting on pins and needles for my Bachelor Rhett recap podcast, but I just want to say that I'm sorry. I when I started this, I anticipated that I would make these recaps like the day after the Bachelor Bachelorette airs, so on Tuesday, but. Um, I kind of picked like the worst possible time to start anything, but to start a podcast mainly because we're moving this week. We're moving from Utah to Las Vegas and Alex has been at school every day trying to like tie up his thesis, getting ready to defend it. So he's been at school for 12 hours every day. I've been at home with Piper and I've been trying to like pack up our house and stuff. So things have been a little crazy, but I did find like 40 minutes to like kind of sneak away and record. So, you know, I am just really selfless and I just want to give the people what they want. So just kidding. I wanted to make this podcast real bad. And I'm on my own today. I was supposed to have the awesome Allison from Twitter, Sugnite, at Sugnite is her Twitter handle, but She's one of my Twitter friends. She is so freaking funny, and she was supposed to be on today, but um, she just couldn't make it. We couldn't make our schedules work out because everything's been so crazy. But I promise I'll Skype her in the future, and it won't always just be me talking about The Bachelor to myself. So if you're worried about that, you know, don't be. So let's just hop into it. We started started off the episode with Rachel in the normal recap of what happened to her last season and how she was guarded, but then she decided to fall in love and take a risk, but then it kind of backfired on her. And we also got to see more of what she does like for a living as an attorney. And I just got to admit, I really, really, really liked Rachel last season. I don't think that there was anyone that didn't like her. And I like her a little bit more knowing that her and Vanessa kind of got into a big fight in the house, but they decided not to show it because they didn't want to make Rachel look bad or Vanessa look bad. I wasn't very team Vanessa last season, so Rachel gets some points from me on that one. But that aside, I was kind of skeptical of Rachel as a bachelorette just because she didn't seem as like fun or entertaining or as like captivating as maybe like Raven did. That being said, the whole time I knew that Nick was probably not going to pick her and that Rachel was like 99.9%. There was a huge chance that she was going to be our next Bachelorette based on her age. And obviously this is like a historic moment, as Chris Harrison would say. But really it is significant to have a woman of color as the lead on this show. And I was excited to see that because I knew that they would bring, like, more diversity to the show, a different crowd of people. Um, we'd, and I did have a feeling that they would take it more seriously because it was Rachel, who was this awesome career woman. I knew that they weren't going to bring in so many weenies. Or so I thought. Actually, this this group of guys is pretty good. Um, 
given like a couple exceptions, but what would The Bachelor be if there weren't some people that you just would never ever want to encounter in real life thrown in there? So, yeah. But last night, I really put a lot of my worries um, to rest. I keep saying last night as if I recorded this when I was supposed to. If I keep saying last night, just know that I mean Monday night. I mean that night of The Bachelor. I know that this is Wednesday that I'm recording this. Anyway, it really helped put a lot of my worries to ease because I we got to see like Rachel's more of Rachel's fun side and more of her personality. Um, she has like a really good solid sense of humor and I'm also getting the feeling and I'll talk about this later that she doesn't really have a definite type with Nick you know that he has like a definite type right like Andy Caitlin Jen Vanessa they're all like outspoken brunettes he definitely 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 has a type and with like Ben season you knew who who he was gonna pick pretty early on with uh, Jojo's that was kind of like a rigged game by like putting like a formal former NFL player in there. But you just, I feel like the season is going to be really entertaining to watch. She's super good on like camera and in interviews and everything. And she just doesn't really have a type, which is one of my favorite things about her so far because we won't really know what to predict. We could have like our own favorites, but who knows what she's going to do. And of course that's just my assessment from night one. But it's seeming like she keeps throwing me for curveballs, at least, with who she picked and who she was interested in on night one. But so, yeah, the episode opens up and we get to learn a little bit more about Rachel and what she does. And I loved that part in her intro package where those old ladies were, like, walking past her and said, don't sleep with any of them. And she said, oh, I'm not planning on it. It was just, it was really fun. I love that The Bachelor has been, like, breaking the fourth wall more. Um, and I thought that that was really, really funny. But so, after we meet Rachel, um, again, or, like, get reintroduced to her, we get a couple intro packages on some of the guys that are going to be on this season. And I gotta say, I wasn't really blown away by any of them. And it kind of makes me wonder if they're changing up the format of the show because I can't like in, I can't remember any winner or any like top two of the show not getting an intro package in the beginning of a season. And none of the guys that got intro packages except for maybe Josiah, none of them seemed like winners to me. Like none of them seemed like, anyone that would be making it to hometowns except for maybe Josiah and maybe Kenny. Yeah. I don't think that any of the guys in the, that got special highlights in their hometown were that special, but you know, we'll see. And we'll go over all of them right now. First we met Kenny who has a cute daughter and he's a wrestler, which I thought was, you know, like kind of funny as like a real profession. I'm sure he like makes like good money doing it and stuff, but like one of those jobs that you like never really can like you never really think about people actually having as like their occupation unless they're the rock i've thought about him as a wrestler sometimes but that's a different story anyway we meet kenny and we find out that he's a wrestler and he has a super cute 10 year old daughter which i thought was kind of cool normally when they have kids 
that's always like a toddler. Like when a contestant has a kid, it's always like a toddler or something. And they say, oh, I talked about it with my kid and I know that they want this for me. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, your two-year-old did not beg you to go on TV to meet somebody. Like that, that definitely didn't happen. But with this like older crop of like mature guys, we do get kind of more, um, just like of a different perspective on things. And his daughter was 10, so you could tell that they did have that conversation and she supports him in it. And I really liked the connection that they had in the intro package. But I am not forgetting that Kenny's cards are marked. He was the one that had that super off-putting antidote in his cast bio about the craziest thing he's ever done in the bedroom. I can't get over that. ABC deleted it from their website and I feel like weird repeating it. So again, if you're like one of my in-laws and you want to like mute it for a little bit, that's fine. But he was the one that had sex with someone's wife while like his husband watched, while the wife's husband watched. Super weird. And I just don't think I'm going to be able to get past that mentally. But also, um, I was listening to a different Bachelor podcast. And apparently he's also a Chippendales dancer in Las Vegas. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. Again, I have a lot of like rhetorical questions about it. I don't want answers to these. But I do have like a lot of red flags. A lot of questions popping up. Um, but anyway, that's Kenny. And he's cute looking i don't know if he'll stay that long but we'll talk about that soon and then we meet jack stone who gives me the creeps i'm sure he's like a nice enough guy but he looks like i don't even know what a not a, a werewolf is the wrong word but maybe just a wolf in general he i don't know he just has something maybe it's like the fake teeth and i admire the fact that he has fake teeth that is a dream of mine just getting everything redone in my teeth would just be fantastic so I don't blame him for doing it but his like teeth are like too large and you could tell they're fake I don't know I'm sure he's a great guy and his story was actually really really sad and they're both attorneys and they're both from Dallas so maybe he has a shop but I can't imagine anyone that goes by two first names and has like these crazy fake teeth and looking just creepy in general making it that far. But I have been wrong before, but it's pretty rare. Um, then we saw Alex who I'm not like, I'm not loving him. Nothing memorable. I remember that his bio was weird. I don't think he'll make it that far. Then we meet Blake. Um, and he is so weird. So in my first podcast, when I went over all of the occupations, he was the one that had the aspiring drummer in his background, in his bio for his occupation. And I did give him a little bit of trouble, which I kind of feel bad about. Not like too bad. It's not going to keep me up at night. But like if I ever met him and he was like, I listened to your podcast. This is all a dream scenario. This is not going to happen. Um, I would apologize for saying that he had no job but he's a personal trainer and so that explains why they switched out his bio because like I said earlier they don't like to have that many trainers on there so they said that he was an aspiring drummer when really he has a legitimate job because he's a 31 year old man um so yeah I might have been a little harsh on him but he is so so weird I 
I don't know what it is about this group of guys and why they're letting them, like, get so sexual on the show. But I never want to hear about his penis ever again. That whole intro package of him talking about all his, like, experience and stuff. Super weird. Super weird. I hope he never talks to Rachel about that. But then again, I kind of do, just in case Rachel's like, ooh, I'm feeling this guy. She should know how freaking creepy he is. I never want to hear about it again. And didn't we go through enough of hearing all about that penis talk last season with Evan? Like the, like, anatomy of it all? I don't know. I'm sorry, in-laws and anyone else that listens to this. Former young women's leaders. People that go to church with me. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, then we uh, meet Josiah, and I really, really like Josiah. Oh my goodness, I really, really like him. Except for his cockiness in the house, but we'll talk about that later. But his story was just a tearjerker. He, just as a recap, he was the one that had a brother, and his brother committed suicide. He found his brother. He had to, like, cut his brother off of a tree, like, after his brother had, like, hung himself. And Josiah was, like, seven years old when this happened, and then he kind of got into like a world of crime and then he got arrested really young but then the judge like gave him a second chance and then he ended up being a prosecutor in that same I think like in that same district that he got arrested in and he now works in that same courthouse it he met with the judge and the judge gave him a second chance because he wanted his life to be better I don't know I feel like with Everything that's been happening in the world lately has just been so crappy, especially when I, like, delve more into, like, racial issues. And I just realize, like, how the cards are so often stacked against, I don't know, men of color in poorer areas and just people of color in general. I I don't know, but this, this was a really touching story to me. Not to get too sappy, but I kind of... I don't know, I teared up just seeing that this judge was able to use his place of power to affect a positive change and break the cycle of crime and now Josiah is going out and he does a bunch of outreach to youth and his community and stuff. I loved it and I was crying the whole time and I'm crying again now, but I'm going to stop because there's no reason to cry on a podcast. Um... But, yeah. And also, he Josiah is pretty cute. Now getting back to, like, the things that matter. Josiah was pretty cute. Um, and I wish he was a little bit nicer in the house. Again, we'll talk about that later. But I was wishy-washy on him the more we got to know him. But his story, again, was a tearjerker. Um, then we meet Mohit or Mohet. I can't remember how you pronounce it. I'm so sorry. Um, and I like him, and I think he's super handsome, and I think that we'll see him in paradise. I think that's all that we need to say about him. <sighs> and then there's Waboom. The Lucas guy. Here's the thing about it, and I'm not going to talk that much about him, because one, I'm tired of hearing about him. I think he's been talked to death already, and I just... I don't even understand why he's on the show. I can't imagine him lasting more than two episodes. 
I never want to hear his waboom thing ever, ever again in my life. And I would give up a lot of things to never have to hear it again. I wouldn't give up The Bachelor. Like, let's not be ridiculous. Um, but aside from The Bachelor and my family, I think that... And some close, close friendships. I think I would give up anything other than that. Um, to never have to hear or think about the boom ever, ever again. That being said, it does seem like a pretty practiced boom thing. I feel like he probably at some point has like, has at least had like a minor concussion with all like the whiplash that he gets doing his little boom. It is ridiculous and it was even more ridiculous that he walked out in a shirt with his catchphrase on it who do you know in real life that has a catchphrase catchphrase this guy's obviously there like for the fame and of course he'll be there in bachelor in paradise maybe he'll tone it down a little bit i do gotta say i know that he was supposed to be like the drama of the night and they announced him last and everything like for the drama but he wasn't really offensive to anybody. He wasn't really picking any fights with anyone. Even when he was called out by that Blake K guy. Or not Blake K. I'll talk about Blake K later and why I'm in love with him. Um, but Blake, the weird guy that kept talking about his junk. Um, even in his conversation with him when Blake was like, dude, you're wearing your catchphrase on your shirt. Like, the Waboom guy couldn't even say anything back to it. He was like, eh. Valid point. Maybe I do look a little ridiculous here. Um, so yeah, that was all the intro packages that we saw. I might have skipped over a couple, but if I did, that's because they weren't memorable. And from there, we go to the Bachelor Mansion for a girl chat. And I loved this girl chat because normally at this point in the beginning of the season, they take whoever the lead is, so the, bachel the Bachelor or the Bachelorette, and they... Make them talk to like former bachelors and former bachelorettes that they weren't friends with. Like that they like don't really know. And all the advice is always the same where it's like just follow your heart. Or you just need to give everybody a chance. Don't spend too much time with one person. And just have fun. Like that's what we hear every single time. And I loved this girl chat because this is what they should have been doing all along, bringing their friends back, like, people that they actually know to get, like, earnest advice from people that they're, like, legitimately comfortable with. And just some takeaways from the girl chat was, we heard Astrid talk more in those five minutes than we did all last season. She will definitely be in Bachelor in Paradise. I think that they, like, threw her bone by letting her speak that much. Side note, is anyone else getting the feeling that this next season of Bachelor in Paradise, other than Olivia, isn't really going to have anybody from Ben's season or, like, any season before that? I just think that there's too many girls from the last season that, like, one, really, really, really want to go. Hint, hint, Jasmine. Um, and also, like, that people want to see again. I feel like they could legit just take all the re rejects from last season and put them on paradise i think that the only two people that would say no to it would be like taylor i don't think that she'll ever be on any of the shows ever again um and i think danielle m won't do it again she doesn't really seem like she's too into like the whole fame of it um and i like heard an interview that she probably like couldn't get off work she's a NICU nurse 
and she said that she probably couldn't get it off for Bachelor in Paradise. But other than that, I think everyone really wants to, especially Jasmine. Every single time I see her, I'm like, she's just so obnoxious. I can't get over the chokey thing from last season when she like tried to choke Nick. In an ideal world, they'll bring her in like towards the end. I know that they're going to bring her in. But I just wish that she was a little less annoying and more pleasant to listen to. And one last thing about the, or I guess two last things about the girl chat. How sweet was that conversation that Raven had um, with Rachel at the end? Well, everyone was present there for it. But when Raven was talking about how Rachel doesn't have a type because Rachel gives everyone a chance and really sees the best in everybody um, I thought that was really sweet and I love how we could really tell that all the girls last season were friends except for like the Rachel Vanessa feud and of course like Taylor and Corinne. I don't think that any of the girls are friends with Taylor but whatever. I really like that girl chat and one last thing is it was kind of funny when all the girls were like okay just give everyone a chance that's my advice give every everyone a chance and in my mind I'm like but you haven't met the Waboom guy yet. You haven't met the Tickle Monster. Or the guy that can't stop talking about his privates. Not everyone needs a chance. So I just want to like be like, hey Rachel, listen to your girlfriends. But, you know, also exercise your own judgment. Anyway, so it's limo time now and Rachel looks amazing. Let me just say that she's like never worn anything that... I didn't absolutely love her in. I remember that green dress from her last season. And I kept remembering. I'm like, oh, I wish that was my prom dress like in senior year. But my prom was like five years ago. And I'm sure that dress costs more money than I've ever had in my life. Um. Anyway, so it's the limo time. Rachel looks amazing. And... The first person that walks out of the limo is Peter. And I just want to say that I love Peter. He is by far the most handsome on this season. Hands down. He's so cute. He's so charming. How he didn't get the first impression, Rose? I don't know. I don't know. But I say that he is the winner. He is the winner. I thought it was going to be Demario, but I no longer think that. And again, I'll share why at the end of the episode, but how charming is Peter? The answer is so charming. If you had any doubts about Peter, just rewatch. Give him a, watch it through my eyes and then report back, you know? Um, and also there is something to be said about the first person that walks out of the limo. The producers always kind of place the first limo entrance as someone that's really strong and there's like a good chance that they'll have like a good connection so things are looking good for peter again thought it was gonna be tomorrow but we'll talk about that later then just a couple more notable entrances since i don't want to go through each one because no one's got time for that but brian comes out of the limo and i am just not feeling Brian not one bit but Rachel's into it though and she doesn't seem to have a type um so 
and I guess like him speaking Spanish was kind of romantic, but I have like my like bad guy alert going off on Brian and I can't really tell you why he's confident. So maybe that's what she's looking for, but he's like not that cute. And how can anyone follow Peter? They actually did everyone in the season a disservice by putting Peter first. And then I just held everyone up to that same bar. I really feel for all these people that went on this television show after Peter and get a free vacation and all that stuff and a chance at love and then a chance at Instagram fame. Just kidding. Don't really feel for them, but it's got to be hard to follow Peter. Anyway, then we meet Dean, who I thought was a dead man walking because we did meet him on the After the Final Rose show and he's the one that said that unfortunate joke about the once you go black you can't really go back which again I think that a producer put him up to especially because he apologized for it or not apologized but he like wanted to make sure it was okay um and yeah I think that a producer probably put him up to it and we did see a lot of Dean in the promo like in the season promo Again, I thought that he was a dead man walking. I thought that he would go home immediately. Like, he's cute, and his bio was pretty good, but I didn't think that we'd see him long. But he is in the promo so much, and, like, they're kissing so much throughout the season promo. So maybe I was wrong about Dean. Maybe this will be the season where my top four bracket isn't good. I always have, side note, I always have impeccable top fours I always mess up I think one of them but the person that I put always gets close like maybe I won't have like the top four right but I'll have like the top five right if that makes sense I think last season I put down that Danielle M was gonna make it farther than Raven but I still had like the top four right other than that um and then there was a time that I thought Christina was gonna win but Whatever, you live and you learn. Um, okay, anyway, so then DeMario comes out, and I still love DeMario. I didn't give, like, enough credit to his bio. Like, I went back and read it after I recorded the last podcast. But DeMario is so funny. He has, like, top-notch pop culture references and really good commentary. I think that he'll his role on the show will definitely be kind of like more of like a narrator type kind of like how like Jared was in Caitlyn's season or um Raven last season and stuff and talk to me before last night's episode and I would have told you that DeMario was the winner but then they keep playing up this DeMario's there for the wrong reasons thing and either it's a huge misdirect from the producers or like something's like really messed up with demario but i do really appreciate what rachel said um because clearly anybody that goes on reality tv has to at least be comfortable with the idea of being on television you know and i think it's even weirder if someone is like, I've tried everything, and now the only thing I could do for love is to go on the show. Oh, I'm like a handsome, successful businessman, and the only thing I could do is go on the show. No, everyone has an ulterior motive, whether it's to get on TV or to have, like, a fun, like, life experience, go on, like, vacation, do something that they would never have the chance to do before. 
Like, no one's intentions are 100% pure. But as long as people are willing to be open to finding love, like, I think that that's all we could ask for at this point. And Rachel kind of said the same thing on the show. And I think that is really good. Um, so we'll have to see what ends up happening with Demario because I thought that he's gonna be really strong I thought that he'd be the winner or he'd be the next bachelor and we didn't even really see that much of him in the promo so we'll have to see what happens about that um next just some I'm looking through my notes right now next we have Adam who came out uh with that doll and I actually thought that that was really funny I know that a lot of people were creeped out, but I thought, like, that bit, that bit where they had the doll speaking French, and he was, like, a contestant, and he was, like, looking, like, next to, like, the fireplace, or just staring on at Rachel while Rachel was talking to other guys, and he was, like, speaking French with the funny subtitles. I loved it, and I'm not at all creeped out. But then again, side note about me, I used to, like, play with porcelain dolls a lot, like, my friends would play with Barbies and I would have like porcelain glass dolls and like that's what I would bring to my friends houses while they would like play play with their Barbies and their Bratz, Bratz dolls and I would play with like these creepy as heck porcelain dolls so maybe that has that explains why I'm not creeped out by the doll like everyone was on Twitter um but yeah I don't think that Adam will make it very far, but whatever. Uh, Fred comes out with his yearbook um, and shows that like he was a third grader when Rachel was an eighth grader and they've already met. And Rachel was like, oh, you were a bad kid. You were a bad kid. I remember you. It was like really cute and I actually really like Fred's personality, but I don't think that he'll make it more than two or three weeks. The age difference is kind of counting against them. The past history is kind of counting against them. Um, and that would just be weird. Like, I was, like, kind of a camp counselor once for, like, an overnight camp when, like, people were younger. I'm not even going to go into that story. I guess everyone can think about, like, kids that they knew when they were younger. It's just, it would be a weird thing to date somebody like that, you know? It'd be real weird. So, Fred will be there for uh, two more weeks, three more weeks. Who knows? Who cares? Um, and then we have the Tickle Monster. And I can't even remember what his name was. I think it was Jordan. Maybe Jacob. Jaren. Joseph. Starts with a J. But they should just call him Creepy because he does that super uncomfortable bit where he goes, close your eyes. And then he tickles her. This shouldn't have to be said, but do never... Do never, never ever touch anybody without their permission. If someone touched me like that while my eyes were closed, I don't care if there were cameras or whatever, just reflexively, like, my knee would come up and they would get hit where it hurts. Hit where it hurts real bad. And also, he looks like a poor man's Bradley Cooper. Don't touch me, Tickle Monster. But I do gotta say, though, he is an actual doctor. They just put Tickle Monster as his bio. Um, but yeah, never want to see him again. Uh, Lee comes out and (laughs) 
I kid you not, Lee walked out with that guitar, and the first thing that came into my mind was that song from Monsters, Inc., where Mike Wazowski goes, put that thing back where it came from or so help me. <laughs> I just said, turn around. Just go back into the limo. I never want to see you again. Get back in the car. And this was before I saw the promo that shows that he's the villain. And this is before I saw the promo that shows that he will might be like the insensitive one of the season. Or he's like wannabe Chad or something. But I just saw that guitar and I said, nope, nope, turn around, get back in the limo, go home. We had enough with of this with James Taylor. Imagine if James Taylor and him both end up on Paradise, which we know is going to happen. James Taylor is already signed on. Lee's not going to win this thing, but Lee wants to be on TV. They're oh, Dang it, I'm just now realizing this. They're both going to be on Paradise. They're both going to have guitars. No! I'll still watch, though. Um, anyway, put that thing back where it came from or so help me. And then we meet Waboom. To give him, like, the slightest bit of credit, the beginning of his intro with the megaphone and the announcements when he was announcing himself was so funny. And if he would have done everything but the Waboom, it would have been great. It would have been fantastic if he didn't give Rachel a Waboom t-shirt. It would have been a really, really good first impression. Like, not that he would have gotten the first impression, Rose, or anything, because he's not as cute as Peter, and for some reason, Rachel is, like, super into Brian, and he's not as funny as Demario. But it was a really good first impression, minus the Waboom. I don't know why he had to ruin it, but I'm tired. I am so exhausted. That's because of Waboom guy. Anyway, things get going inside, and we see some good convo. None of the conversations really stuck out to me um, with Rachel and any of the guys except for DeMario's. That was a really good one. Peter. This is just a Peter love podcast, I think. Um, that's all I gotta say. You've been warned. Josiah and DeMario keep kind of getting on my nerves. This is what I mentioned earlier. These are both guys I really, really liked. And I'm sure that the conversations between them and between them and people in the house were more playful than we're led to believe on the show. But it was so annoying to see them walk around being like, I'm getting that rose. I'm getting that first impression rose. I know it. I know it in my heart. Like, it was just so annoying and, like, cocky, and I don't think anybody there was enjoying it. At least after Rachel made probably the biggest mistake of her life um, and gave uh, Brian the first impression rose, at least after that, Josiah was like, I was wrong. I was wrong. Mm, I was wrong. Like, at least they kind of, like, owned up to it, and they weren't like, what the heck, she's so whack, or something. Not to say that they like speak like that, but I could see that going either way. Um, anyway, the first impression Rose is given out, and I'm just so thrown off. Thought it was going to be my boy. Thought it was going to be sweet, sweet Peter. Um, and watching Brian and Rachel laugh was 
or laugh. I just read the word laugh on my notes. I laughed while this happened. Watching them make out made me laugh so hard because it looked like Brian was trying to eat something off of her face. It was not a romantic kiss at all. It went from zero to a thousand in the blink of an eye. It just immediately... I... mm. No, thank you, Brian. Maybe if I see more of your personality, then I'll come around on you. But gotta say, I wasn't going to question Rachel's judgment until that moment. So thrown off. But he was the first one to kiss her. So maybe that was a big part of it. She didn't really want to kiss anybody, but then she kissed him. Who knows? But uh, Mohit or Mo, whatever... Him watching them kiss was so funny to me when he was like, No! No! Get away from her face! Get away! Get away! That was really funny. I'm sorry that he had to get off, but he just kind of... He got a little too wavy on night one, you know? Got, got a little too wavy. Um, then the rose ceremony happened. No big standouts. The... I don't think anyone got sent home that I was like too shocked about. Except for Blake K. Um, but it turns out... Here's a couple things about Blake K. Turns out that he chose to go home because his grandfather um, was in the ICU. So they fly out there and then they're in like a hotel for like three days or something before the mansion thing starts. And that's when they take their pictures and do all this stuff. And I think that he found out and then he chose to go home. So that's why Rachel let him go. But his, like, exit speech was so nice and, like, so uplifting. He goes, you know, that's a really, really good group of guys in there. That was a really good group of guys. And he, I don't know. He just seemed, like, so grateful. And maybe that had to do with the fact that he wasn't really getting sent off. He was choosing to go home. And his grandpa is fine, by the way. Um, But, yeah, I'm hoping that we see him in paradise because he's already gotten a ton of internet love. He was one of the most handsome there. And, quick side note. If anyone listening knows anything about Blake K, please tweet me. But I think... Okay, I know for sure that he's from Provo. I'm living in Provo. I know that he's from Provo, or he at least went to college here. He went to UVU. And in my Bachelor group chat I'm on on Twitter that I mentioned on my first episode... People, like, started pointing out that they had mutual friends with him. So I went onto his Facebook like a creeper and checked that out for myself. And I think he was roommates with my ex-boyfriend. Because my mutual friends with him are my ex-boyfriend's old roommates. So the fact that he would be friends with all of them, unless he just hung around there. And I was only able to see, like, what he was tagged in with my, because I'm still, like, Facebook friends with my, like, ex or whatever. And he's a, he's a cool guy, but it's, like, don't, we, we don't chat, you know? Um, he was, like, tagged in, like, a lot of things with him. So I was able to, like, be creepy and, like, watch some stuff. But, yeah, he's totally, like, around Provo and all these, like, old things. I sound so creepy, but, like, all these, like, old posts from, like, 2000 and. 13 and 14 um so if anybody has any info about Blake that they would like to share uh with me 
I appreciate all the info I can get. Um, but yeah, so that's all about Blake K and how freaking creepy I am. Speaking of freaking creepy, Milton. Milton is effing creepy. Um, he just like looks so weird, but you gotta appreciate him. First of all, he was the person on his cast bio that said, Reason I'm going on the show, to be honest, just to get discovered. People always told me that I'd be a good actor or writer or something. And when he gets cast off, he starts crying. Not because he's, like, sad at the missed opportunity, but he's sad that he brought so many outfits and no one will see them. So, yeah. I thought that was really funny. Alright. Overall, really, really strong first episode. Really, really good group of guys, right? Everyone, like... You gotta admit, yes, there are, like, the silly guys, but what would the show be without the silly guys, you know? Like, what would the show be without the waboom, as annoying as he is, and the tickle monster, and all the creepiness? Like, I appreciate The Bachelor for what it is, and I know that you have to get through the first couple of weeks of just ridiculousness, and then you get into the good stuff. Um, the Bachelor preview for the whole season looks really good. It looks like this is going to be a really, really, really good first season. Luckily, we saw a lot of Peter, which I'm happy about, and I definitely think that that bodes well for him. We saw a lot of Dean, which I am shocked about. They were making out so much in that promo. I was really, really, really surprised. I didn't think that he'd make it that far. Um... And I've even, like, seen some buzz online about, I guess, like, there's a lot more Dean fans than I thought, but there's a lot of buzz online saying, oh, I love Dean, I want him to be the next Bachelor. I don't know. I'll have to get to know him more. I'm not going to hold that joke against him that he made on After the Final Rose. I think that producer put him up to it, or it was just, like, it was slightly in bad taste. I don't think anybody was offended by it, and I'm not going to get into it, but whatever. Um, so my predictions after watching la last night's episode and watching the season preview is this is Peter's game. Peter's going to win. I've been wrong before, but I, I'm like normally pretty good at picking the final one. Um, then I think Dean will be in the top four for hometowns. I think Brian will be in the top four. And then it's so hard to say who else will be in it because she just really doesn't have a type I think that that was the hardest thing for me last night just watching the variety of guys that she picked but again this is another time like of course like ABC isn't getting like any um like they shouldn't get uh, another podcast I listen to puts it really nicely like they're not getting a gold star for making someone like a person of color the bachelor or the bachelorette like almost 20 years into the series like they're not doing anything too groundbreaking here you know like it's about dang time but it just really shows that we're getting so many people from so many different kinds of backgrounds and the show is so much interesting because of it so much more interesting because of it it's they didn't just load up this whole season full of personal trainers. It's not just a bunch of meatheads with, like, no personalities and, like, the same haircut like we got last season. 
it's really going to be like a diverse group of guys with different backgrounds, different occupations, different like types of personality, and we're just going to be able to get so much more variety. So I think that that's why, why I think that if Peter wasn't in this, it would be anybody's game to win. And I think that we have really, really good guys this season. It's going to be a really, really good show. This is going to be a really good season, really good show. And yeah, I'm excited for it. I would love to know what you guys think. So if you want to send me a tweet after you listen to this, I'm at Mary Person on there. Um, and I'm at Mary Pearson Art on Instagram if you want to talk to me on there. But Twitter is probably the easiest. Um, and I've been loving the feedback that I've been getting on Twitter about the podcast so far. So I want to say thank you for that. And this is the part of the show where I would say, and I want to thank blah, blah, blah for coming on and blah, 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 blah. But today, all I got to do is just say thank you for listening. Means the world. Go, Rachel. That's who I'm really rooting for this season. I'm Team Rachel, not Team Peter. I am Team Rachel. She will find the one. All right. Thank you so much for listening.